but the reality is 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 when people feel recognized they stay longer work harder and they collaborate better with their team members there's there's a power in recognition that that goes a long way Today I'm with Logan Mallory, who's Vice President of Marketing at Motivosity. Logan, thanks a million for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Mike, I'm glad to be here and uh, excited to hang out with your audience for a little bit today. So um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what Motivosity is and does, your kind of role in that bigger market space, and then if you would, your role within Motivosity. Yeah, absolutely. So Motivosity is an employee experience platform. And at the end of the day, what we help companies do is create winning cultures, right? And winning cultures can mean a lot of different things to different people or different employers. But very often at the heart of that is, is two things. The first one is people uh, people feel recognized and appreciated for the work they're doing. They They feel like they're adding value and that value is being seen. And then the second item is they feel connected to the people they're working with. Um, there's some really fascinating data and efforts right now, and you might want to come back to this in, later in the in the episode. But um, the U.S. Surgeon General is talking about um, the the epidemic of loneliness, and work has a piece to play in that, right? It sure we does. Like the people we work with, and and Motivosity helps build that community and that connection. Can you talk a little bit about how, you know, what is the method? What's the, you can't say secret sauce because there isn't one, but, but how does Motivosity go about doing such a thing? Yeah, there's, there's lots of different answers to that. Um, the first one is when it comes to recognition and, and gratitude's a really important part of positive mental health and being engaged, right? And so a lot of companies, especially traditionally, take a top-down approach to recognition. The, the executives, the leaders have all the power. They pick the MVP each quarter, which leaves the other 99 employees not feeling appreciated, right? And so we have, we have really built ourselves around peer-to-peer. -peer, and we do that by recruiting every team member to participate in recognition. And we empower them to say thank you or nice job to the people that they're working with. The other thing that I would highlight is um, we've we've got to be able to bring our whole selves to work, not just the professional part. And Motivosity creates, um, you know, communities and, and places. You might call them an employee resource group, but instead of thinking of that as a formal employee resource group, think of it around interests or commonalities or hobbies that people love. And when those, when those, um, less formal resource groups exist. It gives people a place to bring their, like how they really are, not just how they fulfill their job to work. And, and that part of connection at the office is, is really important. Uh, again, I, I mentioned uh, the U.S. Surgeon General. Currently, that's Vivek Murthy. And Vivek talks about, uh, in his administration, he talks about how employers should empower people to connect outside of work. That doesn't mean force them, but they should they should empower them if that desire is there. And I, I think that's a, one of the things Motivosity has tried to do in, in our platform. Can you talk a little bit about, um, and forgive me if I'm going too deep into the weeds here, but you know, does that look like a forum? Does it look like Slack channels? What is, what is community, what are those ERGs or 
we won't use the word, but you know, those, those little mini communities, how does, what does that look like within Motivosity? Yeah, it looks, it, it presents itself in a couple of ways. Um, one, there, there are literally, we call them interest groups. And so it's just a way to express what you're interested in, whether that's you're a foodie, whether that's you love uh, movies. Uh, one of our customers actually had, a, they had about 800 employees, so a good sized organization. And in that company, there were a lot of people that loved road biking, right? And so you had people from finance and marketing and sales, people who otherwise wouldn't have interacted very often, found each other in these little resource groups, these little communities in Motivosity. They started biking and the organization loved that microculture, right? And very so cool. some companies might say, hey, do that, do your thing after work. Don't bother us with the road biking. This specific customer said, we love that microculture because it's building friendships, it's reducing silos, people are happier at work. And so they ended up providing resources for that employee, that, that interest group, right? They paid for the kits, for the, for the jerseys, they would sponsor bike races every once in a while. And, and so certainly like micro communities is one of those. The other part is just communication, right? Like within Motivosity, and, and we do this all the time, we have about 70 employees. Every weekend or every every couple of days, you'll see one of our team members say, hey, I, I went and did this with my family. Here's a picture of me and my wife or, or my husband and my kids. Or, hey, we just had our baby. Here's here's this baby. Or, hey, I ran into this person in an airport wearing a Motivosity shirt. And and so they they add highlights and those highlights aren't always professional. And that helps people see throughout the company what's going on with their coworkers outside of just work. So you mentioned this, this term, I'm, I'm loving it, the microculture, but it speaks, yeah. to, uh, it speaks to kind of a broader culture within a company that embraces this kind of thinking, which I would say is fairly non-traditional, right? Very much so. You know, so there's there are companies that have kind of sprung up uh, around more progressive thinking around their cus around their employees, um, and then there are a whole lot of companies out there that are, as you mentioned, just top down. So, in a in a more top down traditional, and we don't want to paint anybody in a bad way here, but but how does how does Motivosity go in? And start. Ex is it just a matter of explaining the benefits of this kind of approach, or, or are you really looking for companies that are already thinking that way? Um, a, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Meaning, of course, our ideal customer profile is someone who's thinking about how do I do things different? How do I shake this up? How do I make this uh, authentic and a sincere culture? Right. And and those are the those are the prospects and the companies that are like naturally drawn towards us. Um, and, and sometimes we do go in and we, we disrupt a culture. Um, and, and I think that, that you can, uh, I'm trying, let's see, probably the best way that we do that is simply with taking one part of the problem, right? Like whether that's you support the micro communities or you allow the peer to peer recognition, or you start doing some, some fun achievements and incentivizing your achievements, whether it's a book club or a wellness program, like those small steps and, and in how you communicate those to your employees, um, 
it's a little bit of a gateway drug, right? You start to see the success and, and you get a program that works that your employees care about. And then you start to think, oh, wait, this worked better than I thought. What else could we do with this? Uh, there's this really interesting concept that I talk about a lot. It's called the iceberg of ignorance. And it's typically looked at through a little bit of a negative lens. And, and the concept is the higher you are within an organization, the less you know about what's going on at the bottom of the iceberg, right? The drama, the problems, the softwares that don't work. Um, and, and executives that start to realize that maybe they don't have the full picture, that is kind of, it, it opens them up and says, wow, what else do I not know that I could rethink from this traditional thought <clears throat> process? As of today, there are 1,237 technologies on G2 listed as loyalty platforms. There are 560 loyalty technologies on Captera. My question is, how do you navigate all that? The answer, if you're an enterprise level user, is that there are a handful of organizations out there that are happy to help you figure that out. But if you're a mid-market user, well, good luck. There's a massive pool of options, features, integrations, stack dependencies and complications, an almost innumerable amount of stuff to sort through just to arrive at some sort of shortlist. That was the thinking behind Trift. Trift, T-R-I-F-F-T, is a smart loyalty platform designed from the ground up to provide mid-market retail and restaurant operators with a full-featured yet easy-to-use loyalty solution. It was built by a team of loyalty veterans who saw that while platform sales were going up, usage and adoption were stagnant because the technologies were too complicated, had too many features, needed too much manpower, required too much IT input, etc., etc., etc. Triff's entire reason for being is to help mid-market businesses deliver on their complex loyalty strategies without the tech bloat that so often accompanies such things. Smart, huh? That's Trift. Smart loyalty. Trift. T-R-I-F-F-T dot I-O. I'm thinking a little bit about some of the conversation we had before we were officially in conversation here, but <clears throat> um, employee experience has has meant little things in along the way to a lot of customer experience people who recognize that you know, a, a great customer experience, it kind of relies on a great employee experience that you can't have one without the other. But that I think became an imperative uh, during COVID. I mean, you know, as, as you mentioned, there were a lot of aha moments for companies where they hadn't really focused on the employee experience and all of a sudden right. found themselves in a pinch during COVID and immediately after where they really had to rethink their, their, their approach entirely. So, I'm I'm curious as to um, what you saw during and post COVID. Has there been kind of a new? I even hate this word era of, of enlightenment. <clears throat> sure. Or is it or is it kind of like uh, this is just what's prescribed right now, and we have to we have to begrudgingly kind of go do this. You know, um, we did we did a survey not too long ago with about a thousand, I believe it was a thousand HR practitioners. And we said, what are you doing as far as culture? What are you doing when it comes to recognition? And 60% of them said kind of nothing like a homegrown system, you know, gift cards in a drawer, 
Um, and, and we thought that was really interesting that such a large part of that audience was, was, you know, it was a little bit of an afterthought. Um, as far as COVID, we had some, Motivosity had some really powerful retention numbers during COVID. In fact, our, our net retention was above 100% because companies felt like they couldn't get rid of the tool that they were using to keep their people happy. Um, this is a, a kind of a fascinating story. We have one of our team members here. He worked for one of our customers. And this customer, the business was struggling. Um, they their, their viability was tough at the time. And he was in a meeting with the executive team as they were looking at the softwares and technologies and saying, hey, what do we cut? What do we get rid of to, to help the business float for a while? And Motivosity apparently came up on the list as, as you know, what do we do with Motivosity? And the executive team says said, we literally can't get rid of that. That is what is keeping our team members going. And <clears throat> wow, it's quite and, a statement. Yeah, it's it's huge. And, and again, I, I think you could say that about other tools as well that focus on building great cultures or are a cornerstone of your culture. But to me, that is a shift in the mindset right? We have to keep the things that keep our employees happy because our team members are the ones that are keeping this working. And as soon as they shut down, so does the org. And right. I thought that was a, a pretty powerful experience. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a big deal. Um, nobody had to sell it to the C-suite. They kind of recognized that, you know, maybe just because they needed to at the time. Yeah. Um, I think I know the answer to this next question, but I'm going to put it out there anyway, um, which is, are, are there any verticals or industries where motivosity plays particularly well rather than others? Um, yeah, ab absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we play really well in, in the SaaS industry, right? Technology companies that are thinking about this actively. Now they've, they've had a tough, a tough year in, uh, in tech. Oh yeah. Um, we, any, anything, and this goes right to, to your audience. When you have customer facing employees, you want them to be as happy as possible and to be recognized for their wins and recognized when they do the right thing for the customer. And, and so we do really well in those industries and, and in those verticals. So um, there's a, there's a few that it's, that's a little harder for us. Um, you, you know, government, government doesn't love empowering individuals to give out dollars as, as micro recognition. So that one might not be super easy for us. Plus they uh, don't know, they don't really known for change. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, we've, we've got a really beautiful mobile app, but oftentimes if you have a technology, um, a technology resistant group, uh, that, that might cause some issues with us. We, our technology is very easy. It feels like social media. So if you can use Facebook, you can use Motivosity, but, um, you know, some, some organizations aren't, aren't there yet. Um, I want to dog like our conversation just a just a hair here. I'm, to... I'm ready for you. Throw me oh. the curveball. Okay, that's actually pretty easy. But I think <laughs> it would be really helpful to maybe take a couple of steps back from the the, the how and the what conversations <clears throat> into the why, yeah. the, the why of ex. Um, because I'm sure there are people listening and reading this who know what employee experience is probably no in some reference way 
its value, but <clears throat> maybe you could just kind of give us a, a primer on on why the focus right now on employee experience and recognizing that you come from a world that's entirely focused on the employee experience, but but why should a company right now of all times be looking over in this direction? Yeah, maybe I maybe I can share, share a little bit of our origin story. Um, our founder is a gentleman named uh, Scott Johnson. Scott started a company in, in about 2000, 1999, um, that was eventually sold to Adobe. Um, partway, uh, probably about 10 years ago, Scott was the CEO of that company and then stepped away and was on the board of directors. And when he was on the board of directors, people eventually felt a little bit more comfortable with him and giving some candid feedback. And, and people started coming to Scott and saying, you know, this place doesn't feel like what it used to. I kind of feel like a cog in a machine. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm going to stick around much longer. And Scott was, I don't know if the right word is frustrated or disappointed, but he was something because they had tried to do all of the things you were supposed to. They had the good health insurance. <clears throat> they had the snack room. They had the, you know, the, the food truck parties. Like they, they, they did all the right things. And so Scott said, I'm going to fix this with technology. And, and he really did a lot of research on positive psychology and, and uh, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and Herzberg's two-factor theory and, and realized that the motivation factor of being recognized and appreciated truly changed not only people, but the environment and the culture of the, of the, of the workplace. And so that that is a huge thing. Uh, we're going through. We have we have mental health struggles more than we ever had. And and Motivosity, we did a survey of two thousand people not too long ago. Seventy five percent said their mental health would improve if they were recognized at work more often. Right. And so I think that organizations are are really facing this interesting um, like crossfire right? That suddenly more than ever, employees are asking for, for, for uh, the employer to help them with their mental health. They're expecting more out of, out of the executive team. They're expecting more resources and investment. And um, we can try to fix that problem with swag and snacks. We can try to fix that with, uh, you know, more PTO. But the reality is, is, is when people feel recognized, they stay longer, they work harder, and they collaborate better with their team members. There's there's a power in recognition that that goes a long way. Would you say that that recognition would be like kind of the core tenet to why Motivosity exists? I mean, you, we've spoken about community, but you know, uh, your identity within that community is a form of recognition. Outside of that. You know, you've mentioned micro rewards and other ways to actually recognize and maybe even incentivize people. How how much how central is that idea to what Motivosity is all about? It's it's so important, and for a long time, it's been it's been the foundation of our business, and and we've kind of expanded because we've realized the importance. What I would say is that community and gratitude are this really nice virtuous cycle, meaning. When you recognize your peer, when you say, hey, thanks for picking up that shift for me so that I could go to my kid's basketball game, or when you say, thanks for working on that report, it was it was awesome, then you start to build a relationship, right? And when you have relationships, when you have positive community, 
you like spending time together. Even if that's just at work, you, you enjoy being together and you're more likely to recognize people you like. And so I'd say that that community and gratitude create a really nice virtuous cycle together. Who would you say within an organization would be your primary your primary clients, but maybe even your primary points of contact? Would it be the HR department? Would it be the customer experience people who are responsible for the front lines and customer service? Who who would you say is is probably most able to to get what you're doing and have a light bulb go off to the point where they go, hey, we have to we have to talk. Yeah, the 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 executives, the CEO, when the CEO realizes when when you have good leaders that want to make their cultures even better, right? That want to take want to go from good to great. Uh, those those leaders are just the light bulb clicks. They get it and they move really quickly and see the benefits. Oftentimes, um, HR is the one actively trying to solve this problem, right? And and they're trying to solve it through a rewards lens. <clears throat> That's where we just naturally start. Like, let's give people more stuff, right? And I I don't get me wrong. I love my motivosity hat. I wear it almost all the time but it doesn't get me out of bed on Monday mornings and it doesn't make me a better team member, right? Like giving people stuff kind of, it doesn't have a very long shelf life. And so that's why leaders and HR teams need to focus on how do we create a powerful culture and mindset and attitude amongst our team members, not just try to buy their happiness. If if there were... No, I'm going to rephrase this because there is a way. Um, <laughs> what would you say to the HR folks that are that are recognizing, well, who are really tasked with employee retention uh, and recruitment in in uh, a, a really uh, interesting environment right now? What would you say to those folks about? Uh, Maybe not about what Motivosity does necessarily, but how they need to be thinking at this point in this market space <clears throat> and in the short term. I think one of the big mistakes that that you can make um, in trying to sell this concept, and again, Motivosity agnostic, is to say, I found a really great rewards tool right? That's not how executives are thinking. That's not how your CFO who's going to write the check is thinking. They're thinking, how do we retain our talent? How do we have to do, how do we, how do we uh, keep, keep our best talent longer? How do we get people to engage for 40 hours a week instead of checking out for 15? And so um, there's some really interesting stats. One of them's from Harvard Business Review. There's a stat from that, that group that says, um, uh, lonely employees is the number one is one of the is one of the top reasons for unwanted turnover, and it costs U.S. businesses four hundred and six billion dollars a year, right? And so, like, when your employees are lonely and they don't have friends at work, they don't stick around. Like, they don't have that stickiness factor. Um, we've done a lot of research with, with, um, CEOs that are engaged in motivosity. And, and again, you could just use a synonym and say CEOs that are actively recognizing their people, right? That is the, the core of what we do. Those CEOs, their ENPS, their employee net promoter scores 
are four times higher than CEOs that don't engage at that level. And then the result of that is that they have world-class turnover. So active CEOs that actively recognize their employees uh, have experienced uh, a turnover rates of 9.6% in the same time period, 2022, the industry average was 22.4%. So if I was in in HR or in customer experience and I was trying to sell this, I wouldn't ever go say, hey, we can give our people more stuff and have really great rewards. I would say, you know what? If we build a culture of gratitude within our organization, studies show that turnover rates more than drop in half compared to the industry average. 